Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman Brown, and I am joined today by the vagina doc, Kaylee Zimmerman. She is a pelvic health therapist in the Tampa, Florida area, doing some amazing things with the CrossFit community there. We had a great discussion regarding postpartum health when it comes to returning to exercise, what's okay, what's not okay, and how do we take care of our bodies in this entire process. If you are a mom, plan to be a mom, this is an amazing episode for you to listen to. And and if you are a coach, this is great for you to listen to as well, so you know what to do with your athletes. So let's tune in. All right, Kaylee, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you? I am doing amazing. It's finally warming up here in Arizona, so I'm happy. Yep. Florida skipped spring again and winter, really. It's been hot. (laughs) (laughs) Hot already. (laughs) It's going to be a long summer. Oh, yeah. Of course it is. It's Florida. It always is. (laughs) I'll get to experience the humidity again here in a couple months, so. Yeah, it's been beautiful, though. I can't complain. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely could be tundra. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Kaylee, we had talked off recording about everything you do in the with your athletes when it comes to postpartum health. And so I really wanted to dive into that today, sharing that with uh, my listeners, um, because you have really broken into the CrossFit world when it comes to postpartum issues, public health issues um, in a phenomenal way in your area, um, which is very intriguing to me um, by how you've really dominated that um, niche there. So I really wanted to dive into the whole postpartum concept or um, issues that we have as athletes, um, both as from a natural birth and from a C-section standpoint, since we are dealing with two different traumatic injuries to the body, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. The key to postpartum, or what I always like to remind people of, is you carry a baby for nine months, and then we have the baby actively or with a cesarean, and we automatically think our body is going to be way back to normal. So when we talk about postpartum, I want one thing to be pretty clear is that you're postpartum for life. And that does include if you've had a miscarriage. Postpartum is you are have carried a baby. There's been a fetus inside of you. So that is postpartum. And the things that you want to keep in mind, especially with me, because I do treat mainly higher level athletes right now, but I do work with a lot of runners and, and technically any woman that's in the athletic world. And the things that I see most commonly are incontinence. Stress incontinence is like that main diagnosis. That's the one where you are jumping, doing box jumps. The most common one is um, double unders, double unders and having leakage of urine in some form. And that can be either a complete loss of the bladder where you completely pee on yourself or just little bits of dribble that is all considered an incontinence. There's also the urge incontinence. Urge incontinence is where you get an extreme urge during exercise or even not during exercise to where you just have to go pee and you can't control it. And then you leak on yourself that form. And as far as the natural birth, that's probably one of the most common that I see as far as that goes. I think there's a study out there that says that 71% of women who do double unders experience some sort of incontinence. So that is just a sickening number for pelvic PTs out there because it's like this may be common, but it's definitely not normal, which Mm -hmm. is that message that we're all trying to kind of get out there and preach, preach, preach. It's really not a normal thing to have. 
Um, but considering other diagnoses, diastasis recti is another very common one. And I also want to be clear that even though you have may have had a C-section versus an active birth, you can still have pelvic floor dysfunction. Just because you choose to have a C-section or you're required to have one does not mean that you get to avoid that aspect. Um, you can still have the diastasis recti, the problems with pelvic floor as far as um, tightness and weakness goes. You can still have prolapse issues. You can still have incontinence. I see it every day when you have a C-section. I still deal with patients that have that incontinence. So I think that it's important to know, you know, again, postpartum is any of those areas and you can experience those problems. Awesome. So, um, Let's start with the most common issue first, which is the incontinence issue. Um, as an athlete or just as a human in general, um, dealing with these issues, what do we do about it? Yeah, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Like, how do I stop it from happening or how do I prevent it from occurring in the first place? And really the main thing, there's a couple things to consider when it comes to stress incontinence. A lot of times when we leak urine, we automatically go to, hey, I need to do my Kegels because I'm clearly leaking because I'm super weak. And I would urge you to think of a different, different light, which I'm gonna tell you now. One, make sure you're getting enough water. Water intake is huge. That means pure water, not adding lemon to it, not the kombucha, not the sparkling water, none of that, it's the pure water. And you really need, especially if you're doing CrossFit, half your body weight in ounces or more of every, every day, pure water, making sure that your bladder is filling up with that water so it's not getting irritated or dehydrated. That's a big deal. Secondly, with stress incontinence, I always find, especially in the postpartum world, that you're not spending enough time in the bathroom. So there's a form of where you pee, you stand up, and then you got to pee again five seconds later, or after you stand, you still have to pee. That's something that you want to consider taking care of because you're not giving yourself enough time. Because we have a new baby, we've got a nurse, we're trying to work out, we're trying to cook dinner, we're trying to run around like a mad woman. Totally makes sense why you don't think you have enough time, but it's also making habits for your bladder that we don't want to carry on into our future self. So what I recommend in that sense is when you do go pee, sitting down and taking at least five deep breaths before you stand up, stand up and wait for a second, and then sit back down if you still have an urge to go. Just make sure that you're giving yourself the time to get the bladder fully empty. And this, ladies, includes during your workout. If you have to pee and you go to the bathroom, don't rush it, don't push, don't strain because you're gonna cause other problems if you do that. Give yourself time to actually sit down and breathe through it, okay? The next tip that I have to give, and everybody's gonna laugh at me for this one, but it's something I see every day, is do not hover over the toilet. Put toilet paper down to sit on it. Sit down, because if you're <laughs> hovering, you are technically in a squat, and if you're in a squat, you're squeezing your pelvic floor, which is keeping the urine in and sending the wrong signals. So sit down. <laughs> I know Brianne didn't bring me on to preach, but I'm telling you, these bladder things, they can be fixed and controlled. <laughs> So consider that. Sit down on the toilet. Try not to hover. I get it. You don't have time. You want to get back out there. I understand, but you've got to be able to formulate those healthy tips or healthy bladder um, habits, I guess is the best way to say it. And then the last thing is when I was speaking about Kegels before, I told you that they're not for everyone. They're really not. They're not the end-all be-all, and they're not for everyone with stress incontinence. Are they possibly? Depends. You might have to see a pelvic PT to determine that. However, what I find works better is actually truly working on diaphragmatic breathing, 
and proper bracing with your lift. So if you're going in into the CrossFit gym and you're not paying attention to how you're lifting or how you're breathing, you're potentially putting more pressure throughout the pelvic floor, which is actually going to make the pelvic floor naturally tighten. So therefore, if you do Kegels, it's going to make it super tight. And hopefully that makes sense. Um, but if you take deep breaths and you learn how to brace the pelvic floor and the core and the diaphragm all learn how to function together with the proper training. And then it turns on when it's supposed to, but the relaxation of it allows the normal and natural signals from the brain and the bladder to occur. So keep that in mind as well. So what I mean by that is instead of practicing Kegels, practice relaxation of the pelvic floor. And that can be done with just deep breathing. That can be done with just visualization. When you're sitting there and you take deep breaths and think, are you able to feel a relaxation going through the pelvic floor? Do you feel it lengthen? Or do you feel it tense up and tighten? If it's tensing up and tighten, that's probably part of the problem because you don't want your pelvic floor to squeeze when you're trying to release urine. So consider that. <laughs> I awesome. could go on for days. <laughs> I'm sure you could. Those are great tips there. Uh, one thing I find interesting, you know, I always talk about hydration, the importance of water just for overall general health. Um, I never really thought about the whole thing with the bladder health as well and keeping the bladder hydrated and how important that is. Because so many people, you know, whether it's traveling or whatever, fear drinking water because they don't want to have to go to the bathroom. And so um, just for the bladder health purpose, that's really interesting. That's a really great point, too, because I tell people all the time, you know, oh, you're leaking on yourself. Cool. Drink more water. And they're like, oh, but won't that make me pee myself? And I'm like, actually, it has the opposite effect. Because <laughs> if you think about it, if your bladder, it has two functions. It fills all the way up with urine and it has to release the urine. If we're filling it up with things that irritate it and dehydrate it, then it's going to automatically think that that means it's full. So we have to fill it up with hydration because then it will allow itself to fill up completely before it sends the signal to the brain to say, hey, I need to release now. Mm -hmm. So it's really the opposite effect. Now, that does go into mind too. If you are very active and breastfeeding, very common in my postpartum world, you do intake more water, you will pee more, but you still should not have to have leakage. It's just never a normal, normal symptom at all. What tips do you give? So bracing when lifting, you know, I get as far as that whole concept. Um, I know for a lot of people, it's when it's more the quicker movements and that's when they lose the control. So maybe the quick squat to get under a clean or a snatch or during those mm -hmm. double unders, during those box jumps, it's more of the dynamic. How do you maintain that brace during that quick dynamic movement? Yeah. A lot of practice, a lot of practice without weight, and a lot of like body awareness is really the main thing. So as far as maintaining it throughout like a dynamic quick squat, you want to really think about the concept. And this is, I know that people say this, coaches say this all the time, blow as you go. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't want you to pay attention to anything. You should still be bracing. Proper bracing takes time, though. It's a muscular like education thing. It takes a little bit of time. And you've got to be able to feel what you need to feel. So how I always explain this to people is when you take a deep breath in, your diaphragm, it should not just be belly breathing. You should actually be able to feel the breath go into the back, the sides of your body, and the front of your body. 
And to properly brace is to hold that pressure while still being able to breathe through your movement, which automatically turns your pelvic floor on. And I know that that's like a, whoa, overwhelming, mind-blowing concept to some people, but it's because you don't practice that way, especially in the postpartum world, because we now have a disconnect between how to control our core, pelvic floor, and diaphragm. We don't even know where things are anymore. So blow as you go is where you kind of, and I kind of call it a setup. You set up before the activity, and then you're going to go through it while you're exhaling, like the whole movement. So if it's a deadlift, you're going down while blowing and coming back up while blowing as you're holding that bracing. And you do have to start slow to understand what your body is feeling. And then when you get to the quicker stuff, you'll have to kind of work a little quicker. And I do recommend, of course, being upfront and honest with your coaches when you're having any type of pelvic floor dysfunction, because many of them are aware because they're talking to PTs about how to kind of coach you through this kind of thing. So keep that in mind too. Um, but yeah, I think that that's probably the main tip that I give is to consider that 360 control, like full around the whole core and then holding it there, but making sure you're still able to breathe and talk. And you can do that and practice that in sitting without weight and just your hands around your waist. And you can practice that with just the barbell without adding weight to it yet until you feel comfortable and confident that you have that skill. Because if you can't brace, it's really not the greatest idea to go lift heavy. <laughs> If you think about it, especially for the pelvic floor, because if you put too much weight on a pelvic floor that's not controlling and contracting and coordinating, you could potentially increase too much pressure down there. And we don't want that to happen. Awesome. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, let's talk diastasis recti. A lot okay. of people might not even know what this term is. So let's have you explain it first and then talk about um, what to do about it, contraindications, if there are any, that sort of thing. Yeah, so diastasis recti, it really depends on where you're from, how you pronounce it. Some people call it diastasis. I say diastasis because I'm from the South. Um, <laughs> so keep that in mind. Uh, but yes, so diastasis recti is actually the separation of the core muscles. So a big misconception I see around this is that this only occurs in women who are pregnant and postpartum, and that's actually not true. I've seen it in all ages and levels of life, and I've seen it in athletes who have never been pregnant or never had children. So please keep in mind that it goes back to what I just spoke about, about the pressure, the breathing. It all has to be able to work together. Um, but it's a separation of the core muscles. So you have uh, core muscles on the right side, you have core muscles on the left side, and they're held together by a really strong connective tissue. And what happens is that tissue separates. So now they're not held together as strongly. And it's where the organs start to push to the outside. You can sometimes see this presented as doming or coning in the core, where you see an elevation in the middle with something pushing against the abdominal wall, or you see it sinking completely into the core. And you still, like, you significantly see the separation of those core muscles. And that's what it is. As far as how you treat that, it is a very extensive, um, progressive program that I do myself that I've created based on my experience and expertise with treating diastasis or diastasis. Um, <laughs> I just caught myself saying it that way, which is weird because I'm not English or from New Zealand, but <laughs> um, so we go through really learning one, how to breathe again, because I can't, I cannot say this enough that breathing and learning how to brace properly is like your number one goal, especially postpartum. It's so, so important. If you can learn that, 
diastasis recti can be, for the most part, controlled during the majority of your movements. So keep that in mind, that you can control and modify almost everything if you learn how to get that deep core system working properly. And then you learn how to contract your deep core, which most people hear that as transversus abdominis or your TA. Very, very, it's like a corset muscle is how I explain it to patients and learning how to find that where that is because that co-contracts with your pelvic floor, which is going to help to control the pelvic floor. The main thing to be concerned about or think about contraindication wise, I very, actually I stand to this true, I don't allow my patients to do any type of flexion exercise for one year after having a baby, meaning weighted exercise like a sit-up, I don't want those. Anything like a tota bar, we don't want those yet. We don't want things that are going to put too much pressure on the core, especially if you do have that diastasis recti. Because if you do and you do those exercises, it will progressively get worse if you do not stop and allow it to recover first. So keep in mind that any of those heavy lifted now deadlifts is not, not a concern. I get asked that by patients a lot because that's actually supposed to be controlled from the back, from your glutes and your hips and things like that. So if you are not active correctly and you're using your core and I see doming with a deadlift absolutely I take it out of the picture for now until we learn how to do that properly because you don't want to do an exercise or an activity that causes doming or causes the coning in the core because that means you're putting you're just increasing pressure in the core which is going to make it worse um, and another thing to go back to is just very gentle movements like learning how to roll over in bed again without that diastasis popping without seeing it because we so often, you know, you have a baby, you pop it out because you're active and then you run back into the gym and then we think it's going to be the same. We have a little bit of change that we have to deal with and we have to make sure that we're doing it properly so that we do that healthily and we don't get injured. So you've got to be able to consider that. So let's go into that a little bit. Returning to exercise after the baby. What, um, you did talk about avoiding the flexion exercises, but mm -hmm. let's be a little more specific. So we can't do these flexion exercises. Um, what can we do to start working that core? And when do we start doing this? Yeah, there are many things that you can still do. So I just kind of like a general rule of thumb. I usually recommend that the first two weeks you do nothing after you have a baby. When you give birth, you need to be skin to skin with that baby. You need to be at home resting. Allow your body to adjust for two weeks. Don't do anything. <laughs> and then after that, from that two weeks to about four weeks is when you're doing very gentle things such as learning how to move again. How are we picking up the baby? We're protecting our body and we're learning what the differences are. Do we have symptoms in this time frame? And then between four and six weeks is when we start to walk a little bit. I don't recommend any active or higher level activity till six weeks. As far as CrossFit goes, of course, it's a little bit longer when you get back to your normal routine of lifting heavy. And I'm going to discuss that in a second. But the first six weeks, I don't recommend gym work because it's not necessary. You need to learn how, what your body feels like. You need to allow, in case you had tear, you need to allow the skin to heal. It takes about that long. If you had a C-section, you need to make sure that you're not putting any tension there for at least up to six to eight weeks. So that is a different story if you think about that going back into exercise because it will take a little longer for you to learn how to control the core. Now, rule of thumb, if you're active before you have a baby, you will get back to exercise a little bit quicker. But as far as the high level stuff goes, six weeks is usually a safe, like get back into the beginner level, I say. I call that the beginner level because that's when you're gonna do everything not weighted, 
we're not jumping rope at this point. Reason you don't want to jump rope yet is because again, we don't have control just yet, but you're just starting to fill things out. What do you feel? What do you notice? Are you leaking with just a lunge? Are you noticing that you can't do body weight squats anymore without pressure in the lower abdomen? And if you have those symptoms, that's that point that you want to call um, either a telehealth pelvic PT or go see one just to make sure. But as far as getting back into the normal routine, usually that three-month mark after having a baby is when you can get into an exercise routine again, which is good because you can start again filling things out, still not doing sit-ups or anything crazy like that, but you're working your glutes, you're working your legs, you're getting a little bit more used in getting into that deep squat, which is going to initially feel a little weird because again, you just had a baby, so it's going to feel strange getting all the way down there. And then usually again at that six month mark is when you're really like progressively training back to that normal. Um, everybody's different. So please don't take that without a grain of salt. Everybody does progress a little bit differently. Just keep in mind, you know, it does, it's a full year process. You carried a baby for nine months. It's going to take at least 12 to kind of get back to that normal body functioning and being able to feel everything. So don't push it if you can help it. But between three and six is when I usually let my patients get back into gym exercise very lightly. And then we progress from there. That's a great thing to point out because people forget that like carrying this baby inside you is traumatic to the body, even though we can't see it externally other than the, the bump on the belly. Mm -hmm. It's a very traumatic thing for the body to go through and that it does take a long time for everything to heal back like it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. I tell people, you know, giving birth is preparing for a marathon, not a sprint, but postpartum is preparing for two marathons, not a sprint. It's totally <laughs> different. It's not, it's not that it's a bad thing at all. It's just have grace with your body, understand what's happening. You just did an amazing thing. Let it heal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. Um, oh, so Working back slowly as far as all that goes, is there a time frame even before kind of that six-week mark we can start doing just some isometric things, or do we hold off on that as well? So that one, I still don't recommend before six weeks. And again, the reason is just, that's just my personal expertise, what I've gained from research, what I've been learning, gentle range of motion activities at that point, walking, all that good stuff. As far as isometrics, um, it really just depends on how you feel. Occasionally, patients will do simple isometrics for their glutes just to feel like they're firing, which is not a bad idea because your glutes don't technically work appropriately after having a baby anyways. So it just depends on how you feel. And I know that that's kind of like, oh, it depends questions, but it does. And the reason that it does is because I often have a mom that just gave birth and at four weeks wants to get back in the gym already. And then I have a mom who just gave birth and we can't get back to walking normally till six months. So it just depends. Everybody's just a little bit different. Um, but as far as before six weeks, I really don't recommend strengthening myself. That's just how I practice because it takes about that long to get used to the lack of sleep, the nursing schedules, the difference in nutrition, the difference in your water intake. And it takes about that long to learn how to function again. So I recommend at six weeks, that's when you're going to start to do those lower level and then move your way up. And you will progress a little quicker than you want or think about, not want, but think about if you're active before becoming pregnant. Cool. Is there a difference at all as far as on the second child, third child, that sort of thing? Or is it pretty much all the same? 
It's, it's really the same depending on impairment or dysfunction. If you had an impairment or dysfunction with the first one, did not get it taken care of, possibly longer recovery with the second one. Now, if you went into pregnancy, you had your baby and everything was taken care of, you did everything to a T, we progressed really slowly back into exercise for that full year, got back to our normal level, then we get pregnant again, little different because you followed what you needed to follow, your body got back to its normal routine, you were able to feel that deep core control and all of that good stuff. Um, there's really no effect with having a second child if you mean like diagnosis getting worse type. Uh, based on my knowledge anyways to this, based on the research and everything that I have read. But um, no, not necessarily too much different. I still recommend the same things unless there is a underlying condition that has worsened and then we change it to a longer scope. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Anything, we're going to transition. I know it's not your necessarily your forte area, but um, since I know I have a lot of runners, triathletes that listen to this as well, um, getting away from the actual lifting, anything to know as far as the running side of things go? So running is very similar to those wonderful double unders. Uh, <laughs> when you have control of your deep core and your pelvic floor, everything is working well. You feel really confident in it. Absolutely. Start with light jogs to get yourself back into that normal um, routine. Get yourself back into feeling that. I would recommend very short distance and very light jogs initially. And it's just like starting your training program before. You just have to start from the beginning again postpartum. As far as time frame, for me, comfortably to allow a patient to start or begin running again after is again that same three to six months. I don't recommend high distance until after that, though. Um, meaning one to two miles within that time frame, because what we do not want is for you to have not been treated by a pelvic PT, have incontinence, then go run because it will worsen and you'll feel a lot worse about yourself, about your times and everything else. So just keep in mind again, you know, I keep saying that six month mark for those higher level impact activities. And there's a reason for that. Um, between three and six is when you can start thinking about short distance and light. And if you go out and you leak, we need to stop. So don't push past it because it'll worsen. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so just kind of wrap it up. Any final thoughts that we haven't brought up yet that you feel are super important for the moms out there? Yeah. I, you guys are awesome. Like you keep exercising. I love CrossFit. It's wonderful for mobility. It does all the functional mobility that I don't have to do with my patients now, which is great. Um, keep the same mindset after you give birth. Don't push yourself. Allow yourself time. That is the biggest piece of advice I think I can give my people, my patients, my, my friends. You have to be patient with yourself because I've said it three or four times already. Brienne has reiterated it. Nine months we carried a baby and then we have this miracle in our life now. You can't expect to be back to normal exercise at six weeks. That's crazy to think about. Allow your body to heal. And be patient with yourself with progressing because you may very well get back to exercise and start trying things and have symptoms. If that happens, reach out to a pelvic PT. Brienne would love to connect you with one or I would. You can reach out to me. I, I would love to be able to like have that service for you. Like find one. If you're having a problem, this is not a, a normal thing. None of it. 
prolapse, diastasis, incontinence, there are things that we can do to help you with that so that you can go back to your normal exercise routine. So I know that's probably not what you're looking for, but I'm very motivational. So keep exercising, keep going, love your body, love yourself. This is a wonderful, wonderful experience that you're going through with having a baby and, and just enjoy it. You really just have to enjoy it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kaylee. If someone wants to contact you, how can they find you? I am all over the place. So <laughs> that you are. Yep. You can find me on Facebook as Kaylee Garrett Zimmerman or my Facebook page, Dr. Kaylee Garrett Zimmerman, PTDPT. I'm on Instagram at postpartum underscore physio. And that's my Instagram that is linked to my business stuff that I talk about pelvic floor and I talk about deep core system and everything that I just told you all. And I will link all of that to the in the show notes so you can easily find those, anyone listening who wants to reach out to her. So Kaylee, thank you so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. No, thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on. As you can tell, I'm very, very passionate. That you are. <laughs> awesome. You. You're welcome. And that concludes this episode of Highly Functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.